Welcome to Seize the GM. I'm your host, Zended. I am your co-host, Jules. And I'm Garda Moje. Have you ever had a great idea for a campaign? Do you have a group of friends who want to play an RPG, but you have no one to run it? Do you want to see what the world is like behind the GM screen instead of in front of it? Well, we're here to help you do just that. Each week, the three of us will be discussing various GMing topics, terminology, maps, atmosphere, world building, you name it. So sit back and relax. Let us help you. Improve your art of GMing. One show at a time. Welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> you are so, way too perky. We are. <laughs> uh, especially since I have to fall asleep as soon as this is done and then get up in a few hours to drive. For many, oh, no, many Gar- hours. Oh, has been sharing the, the delicious tomato recipes and I just stare at them drooling and... I, I want tomatoes. <laughs> I ran have... over my tomatoes with a lawnmower, so no tomatoes. And we have hit tomato season, so it's you know it's time. I, I just had a bunch before this, but that it doesn't matter as much right now because you're all here to listen to our stat block a palooza. Yes, stat block a palooza. Which wait, this is the third one we've done, I think. No, this is the fourth. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Tetralogy. It is. We're making this a regular sort of thing. So (laughs) in the past, what we have always done is each of us comes up with a theme. The The other hosts have to fit one item, either one of the things, either a person, place, or thing in there. And since we have three topics... You have to do one of one of each for for a theme. So I stretched it a little bit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Consider considering the topics, it was a little difficult. Hey, hey. So, well, speaking of themes, what did you do as yours, Go to Boche? Well, I went ahead and went with the really broad alt history. Just something at some point in the past happened differently and it changed the present or the recent past. What you do with that, well, that's what we're here to see. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, Jules, what did you choose as your theme? Um, I, I, it sounds more morbid than it is. Thank you, Gardemanger. I didn't realize my interpretation was different. I chose something called Twilight of the Paragon. Take that however you want. (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, and and what do you got? I did Urban Primitive. So. (laughs) Now. We each came up with our things, and so the normally what we do is we sit here and we roll it out in front of everybody, but we did this because we're trying to keep the show pretty tight and short this evening. So we've already figured out the order that they are going to go topic-wise. 
And that is alt history will be the first one that we do. Then we will do Twilight of the Paragon. Then we will do Urban Primitive. So let us see where Jules went with alt history. Okay. And here we go. Sir, the crafts have complete, completed re-entry and we're moving to collect them. We expect to begin data analysis in the next 12 hours or so. The scientist looks down and clears his throat. He always felt awkward addressing military personnel. The whole sir thing messed with his train of thought. He said it himself and met the officer's intense gaze. We expect that the test launches with living creatures can proceed on schedule. Also, we have gotten a lot of public support in regards to the Greco breeding experiment. There are a lot of private ventures that are willing to help fund the project, provided we allow them to live stream it. The officer sighed and shook his head in a mix of resignation and disappointment, but not surprise. If it'll secure funding, have them write up a proposal and submit it. We need to ensure that the proper disclosure protocols are followed. The scientist scribbles the instructions on his notepad. Also, sir, we need approval for the proposed living specimens. We need to begin candidate selection soon, and the technical specifications on the craft will depend on the specimens, genus, and species. The officer takes a list, affixes his glasses, and begins reading. Oh, no, you're not using any of the canids. I like those animals. They're cute, grumbles the officer. There must be other viable candidates. Uh, well, what would you suggest, sir? Stammers the scientist. What about those pink hairless apes? They keep popping up everywhere. They're warm-blooded, moderately intelligent, and easy to study. Seems like an ideal candidate. I will submit your recommendation right away, Admiral Rex, replies the scientist. Sensing the conversation is at an end, the scientist begins walking back to his office, being wary to give his tail enough clearance so as not to smack the admiral. Again. Those hairless apes always unnerved him, all warm and smooth. Sometimes he wished that a huge meteor would just come and wipe them all out. Very nice. <laughs> you didn't give me anything on time frame in the history. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Prehysterical. <laughs> All right. So, well, uh, next in the order is Zen. What have you got for us? Uh, Zen, are you there? Well, while Zen is getting everything hammered out, I'll tell you what I came up with. That works. So, it wasn't apparent why it was going to matter. History is strange that way. The rippling effects of one moment in time rarely announce themselves as imperative. The seeds planted in the hanging garden have not been identified, but we know they sparked the changes still echoing today. These plants hold something special, and when we eat them, something changes. As some say the legends describe them like a butterwort, but what is for sure is their consumption grants us something new. They've been with us for a few thousand years, so superpowers doesn't cut it anymore. Flight, speed, strength to lift a bus, fireballs, all just part of life. Identified, licensed, taxed. It's how these seedlings are incentivized to public service. But something has accelerated lately. As seedlings become more common, so did the technological drive recede. The powers have grown stronger and more varied. If only we knew how the plants got into our food, 
or what they even were, maybe we would know what's next. Oh, okay. That, oh, slick. Mwah. Mwah. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and Zen, <laughs> what do you have? Well, since I unmuted myself. <laughs> yeah, we know how that goes. Tech issues and all yeah. that. So, April 24, 1892. The manor house of Lady Alice Englewood. Clicks and whirls filled the small room as ether filled its chamber. The face of a young woman solidified from the mist. Welcome, new crew member. I am Alice 2.0 at your service. This, the distorted voice said from the Victrola horn that was connected to the machine that filled most of the room. What does Alice stand for? I know you would ask, but you, are, you have better manners than to ask a lady her secrets. So I shall tell you. Artificial life, intelligence, cognitive ether. Yes, I am powered by a difference engine as well. You may call me Alice for short. I understand the use of this should not make what I am possible. I understand that the use of this should not make what I am possible. But here we are, good sir. Alice is not sure how she came to be, but her creator, Lady Alice Englewood, is. It happened as she was finishing up her work on this difference engine. Lightning struck an ungrounded lightning rod that was connected to her lab. She was touching the engine when it was struck, and somehow a small shard of her personality was imprinted into the machine. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell Victorian style. I love it. Yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> there we go. I, I am impressed with that one, sir. Well done. Well done. All right. Thank you. So now we are on to our next one, which is the Twilight of the Paragon. Okay, I guess that's me then. Yep. <clears throat> cough, cough. <clears throat> uh, come here, young one. I see as you're confused and lost. Tell me what troubles you. I see, I see. You want to know what happens to our heroes when they get old. Well, I have a secret to tell you. These paragons are just men and women, and sometimes cat dogs. We've seen a few. You've traveled with them in the land of make-believe. You've learned not to beat yourself up and to accept the happy little accidents in life. You love the books and their stories. You've learned to love learning itself. Ah, oh, heroes, they inspire us to stand up for what's right, even if we're the only ones doing so, to believe in truth and in justice. But no matter how powerful they are and how beloved they are, they can't outrun time itself. And neither can we, dear child. We outgrow the stories and outlive our heroes. But did we really lose them? Have they truly abandoned us? Well, we may never know the exact details. It seems they still persist. You seem puzzled, dear child. Let me explain. Our heroes are smart. They knew we'd need them, even if they couldn't talk to us directly. So our paragons recorded their adventures and the lessons that they learned, and then trusted allies seated them in easily defined places. 
Their legends were gifted to others, so their stories might be lived anew. They gifted the world courage to carry on and endure, and thus their light is carried into the future. This is what happens to our heroes in the end. They ascend beyond the limits of flesh and blood. They become icons, embodiments of their special philosophy. They become legends. They become gods. But there is something you must remember, something very important. They became your heroes because you listened to them. You believed in them and what they wanted the world to be. And you wanted to be the kind of person that they would approve of. And by your actions, you continue their work to make the world the way they wish it to be. And that, dear child, is the eternal ascension. Ooh. Fun. I like it. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Right. Uh, you get to go next, dude. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> Water drips off your cape as you make your way deeper into the cave system. Coordinates were dropped into your secure communication network that you shared with the others. The team will not be happy that you're out here alone with no backup, but the message said to come alone. The infrared light you use to work in the dark without giving away your location lights your way. As you turn, a last corner, the flash of bright light forces your image enhancers to cut in, keep you from being blinded. Looking around, you see the silhouette of the masked vigilante known as the Shade. But no one has seen or heard from them in the better part of five years. This is why you and your group got together and started doing what the Shade had started, but never quite finished. Welcome, Sean. The gruff voice called from above. I see you got my message. Yes, I did. And how did you break our encryption? Or better yet, what is this place? Well, if your team would like a better setup and maybe a bit of help from time to time, the cavern is yours. It has all the tech and the other things a team of vigilantes would need to bring the city the justice I was not able to. This body is beaten and broken, but my gear is still cutting edge, and I have the money to keep it up. So are you in? Or do I have to make you disappear? Oh, that's eerie. I like it. You are well maintaining your habit and reputation for creepy in this stat block of palooza. I'm trying, but I also wanted them to be not quite so down as they have in the past. That's so. fair. I'm also avoiding mm-hmm. saying the name of this series of the shows because, you know, I'm contractually yeah. required to kind of do that, that extra part. <laughs> you, you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what have you got? Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Hazel Corman. Gravis never seemed to account for much with his little storefront and meager week-to-week existence. At the same time, Gravis didn't stand out either with a little shop teetering on the edge of collapse month after month on a street that was full of these same stories. Downtown will take most of what you have to offer, after all. It was Gravis's adopted child that held the key, though. 
Well, Gravis seemed to miss every opportunity. That was just the disguise that camouflaged the truth of what the storefront was for the world. And Gravis was also a duly deputized crime fighter with extraordinary ability. His stooped stance and grating voice would vanish in the blink of an eye when he needed to stop something far more important than just a flower shop on Skid Row. The storefront held a secret greater even than that. Gravis's adopted child had been unhappy, unaware of anything more than the ragged life that was fine, but far from extraordinary. It's why... There was no understanding of the fear in Gravis's eyes when they found the seedlings that were growing hidden in the back. Unique, beautiful, and thoroughly entrancing, these beauties had been Gravis's secret. Gravis died before he could decide whether to share that secret with Hazel. It happens, of course, as masks and daring do so often lead to impromptu demise. Without Gravis, without a father, Hazel was suddenly left to decide what to do with the shop, life, and those unaccounted for seedlings. There was a fruit starting to mature on that seedling to the right and a feeling of warmth from it. Maybe a little treat, and tomorrow Hazel can decide how or even whether to go on. That's cool. Ooh, I'm impressed. I like it. Yeah. Oof. As always, yeah, you're defy imagination, my friend. There's a little economy here, and there's a theme I've kind of built, and a singular inspiration for all three of mine this this time. So, see if anyone has figured it out by now. They can find us on social media and drop a comment of exactly when they sat up and went, "Oh, goodness gracious." <laughs> <laughs> yes yes please please find us on all of our social media because you can tell us what you like didn't like anything because we enjoy hearing that feedback from people so now we are going to dive into our last topic which is urban primitive Okay, I guess I'm leading this one. Yep. All right. Titan panted, exhausted, but he was the only one left to protect this sacred site. He knew his sacred duty. He knew to be seen as the bestest boy he had to keep this place safe, and he would. Titan did another loop around the perimeter. Sometimes... He thought he could pick up this faintest whiff of pine tar and chalk. Outside the perimeter after it rained, he sometimes smelled fermented grains, smoked meats, and various sweets. During his sweep, his mind began to wonder, what must have been like back in the old days? Days when the humans took walks and played ball and threw sticks. What did the humans do here? The aura of this place still felt electric. This is a place where great battles took place, and Titan knew that. There were many sites like this all over the world. What were these battles like? The bloodshed here was minimal, and although sometimes they found teeny tiny chicken bones all over the place, no human bones were ever found. A huge battle and nobody died. I wonder what it was like, these Titan. 
He finished his perimeter sweep and laid down behind a rubbery, plastic pentagon. His nose twitched. He smelled something. After one last glance around, he began to dig, furiously. Something was here. Something powerful. He kept digging. The hair on his scruff stood on end. He found it. A long, smooth, wooden stick. Thick on one end, thinner on the other. And there were letters burned into this stick. He'd have to take this artifact to the wise elders. Maybe they'd know what Louisville Slugger meant. That's great. Neat. <laughs> I am glad. I am, I am very glad that you liked that one. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Awesome. Okay. As the wind blew through the city streets, the chimes of a lost wind chime ring about. The sound is so discordant. You figure the sound to what you figure the sound of a wood wind chime should be. What did you want from the wild homeless guy? He said that if you left it on your front steps, the sound would help those that were lost find their way. What could he have meant? This thing sounds like a bunch of junk bouncing together. It's not an art piece, just garbage. As you're getting ready to tear it down and throw it away, a young girl hops up on the curb just as a car goes barreling down the street, almost hitting her. Well, that was strange. Hey, mister, did you see that? I didn't see that car come screaming around the corner. If I hadn't gotten off the street, I would have definitely been hit. The next day, a young homeless guy is walking down the street, and as the wind picks up, he trips right outside your place. And as he gets up, he's holding a pair of $100 bills that he's picked up from under a car that doesn't belong to one of your neighbors. You've never seen that car before. Is it something that is just random luck, or is it more? Only time will tell. But you seem to be a magnet for this newfound luck. Every day that you go out to a store, you get the first parking spot. What is that about? Well, you also had a run of really good luck at work, getting easy assignments that have pushed your profession to the next level. Ah, oh, I'm chills. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, go to Roger. Take you are bringing up the rear here. Between the cracks of the pavement, as scraggly plants grow and what little light and soil is left lies a secret. The secret may be something large or small, but it is hard to tell from where you sit. The crack in the pavement doesn't let just anyone peer through it. You need answers to your questions, answers to what is now bubbling inside of you. This is when you call on the Parados. A simple wave or greeting as they walk past is all that is needed to summon them. They take their places around you, arms crossed, hair quaffed, scarification clear as day, and look you up and down, waiting. 
You see them move slightly, from left to right, and then right to left. You can hear them in your head. You think. You ask the question, the question you think you want to ask. What lies beyond the crack in the pavement? What, what feeds those scraggly plants? The answer isn't what you expect. Your sight is swirling as you see them dancing around your field of vision, purring and spouting answers, but not what you asked. You hear what came before. You hear what comes next. You see the crack in the pavement open up. As the chorus subsides, you realize you must go and leave behind an offering, a token, a trinket at the crack in the pavement, not knowing if it will fall through or be scooped up by the Parados. That's cool. Oh, that's slick, dude. That is real slick. That is fun. <laughs> that is fun. Well, hopefully, those of you listening along enjoyed our stat block of Palooza. And you'll find Do us you on always have media. to say it like that. <laughs> well, no, I can also say stat block of Palooza extreme. <laughs> Next time it's you got to do the in a world bit, right? In a world <laughs> left behind. In the meantime, <laughs> find us on social media. We are available across the interwebs, and we would love to hear from you, especially on our Discord. But before we go, and you know we're going to ask you to like, rate, review, all of that good jazz, go to Patreon, etc., etc. We've got a couple of closing remarks couple of things for you guys to kind of think about, ponder over, and tell us how much you love on social media. Hint, hint, engage, engage, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so let's go ahead and close this out. What have you got for us? Go to Bonjour. All right, so one of the things I love about Stat Blockapaloozas, Stat Blockapalooza! Again, I'm going to put echo on you next time, I swear. Excellent. Is the world building and, and how you can build things off of each other. And one of my favorite amazing worlds came out of an 80s cartoon, and it's Defenders of the Earth. It is a Saturday morning cartoon I grew up on. It's currently on Amazon Prime, and it features your pulp serial mainstays. Flash Gordon, Mandrake the Magician, the Ghost Who Walks the Phantom, and Lothar, and their kids opposing Ming the Merciless in all of the glorious 80s cartoon fashion. It is everything you both fear and love in your head right now, and you should go watch it. It's a surprisingly rich world of really good ideas and glorious cheese all rolled into a single catchy, snappy 22-minute episode. Yeah, can I put one little thing in there? See if who you can recognize when you're listening to it, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Zen, what do you have? <laughs> All right, so mine is do something that makes you feel happy. These are some really trying times that we're in. So it's okay to take time for yourself and your significant other if you have one. You know, do something that makes you happy. You know, be safe and have fun whenever and wherever you can. So that's basically all I got right now. Mm. So Jules, wise, what you got? Wise wisdom there. All right. Uh, okay. I, I decided <clears throat> to 
kind of try and expand my horizons and see what I could do to kind of recharge myself. And I came across one of the most incredible mini painters I've ever seen. You can find uh, her work on Instagram at the underscore black underscore Christy, K-R-I-S-T-Y on Instagram and at I Christy Peterson on Twitter. Uh, look for those exact links down in the doobly-doo. I, my, my eyes nearly exploded from the awesome. I, I linked Zen to this earlier. I'm like, you got to see this stuff. She's amazing. And turns out not only is she a brilliant mini painter, she's a mom who runs games for her kids and her kids' friends. She taught them how to paint minis. And, well, I thought she was really awesome. So I wanted to kind of build up a, a brilliant uh, mini painter and fellow geek and, you know, Heck of this. You might see her stuff. I didn't know that I could be unnerved by pastels when she did Baba Yaga's house, but I'm looking at that and I'm like, yeah, that's eerie. And it's kind it's, it's pastels. And I'm, it's like, Oh my God, she did an Adams family, you know? So I, I, my thing is like, you find something awesome, you want to share it and you know, go check out her stuff. She might give you some inspiration. Like one of the critters that she had out gave me inspiration on how to fix my big demon spider monster that I'm trying to paint. And I got paint up my nose Ooh. again. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been actually talking to her. Also, just so everybody knows, remember that she loves blueberries. Yes. I loves, I mean, hates Hasht- them with a yeah, passion. hashtag sarcasm. <laughs> oh, yeah, monstrous, yeah. monstrous things. But yeah, she's she's fun. I've actually had a lot of interaction with her lately. So yeah, and, and, and to be honest, she's delightful. She might show up sometime on the show. Crossing fingers. She's yeah. like I said, and she comes up with really cool ways to, you know, she's trying to get she got the kids interested in it. Now she's trying to get her kids, friends, mom and dads, and kind of see if they can get interested in gaming. I mean, how can you? It's promoting that amount of awesomeness. So. Anyone yeah. that does that kind of thing deserves like major thumbs up. So, yep. So, well, let's. I think, guys, I think this is going to go ahead and wrap us up for this fine uh, episode. Yay. So, virtual high fives all around that are perfectly socially distant to everybody. Hooray. Yes. <laughs> Make sure you like, rate, and review us on the appropriate social media so that more people can find us and. Make sure you join our Discord, Facebook, etc., and tell us how much Zen is wrong. <laughs> it's, it's probably a lot. But that's okay. <laughs> because in the end, I control the feed. I do the editing. I make it all sound good. Or so oh, he God. thinks. Is that the- <laughs> or so I think. Oh God, that's the reason I sounded like Marvin the Martian last week. I knew it. Probably. <laughs> so, guys, uh, have fun, get out there, play some games online, roll some dice, and let us know what you've been playing or any other cool like online platforms you found, things that you've been able to do. You know, let's like the thing is like as long as we share stories, the gaming ain't gonna end. So share your stories with us. We love to read them. Yep. So until next time, guys, have a good one. You can contact us 
or the show using Twitter, Facebook, or plain old email. Our Twitter accounts are at Zendead, at Jules Podcaster, and at 2050Gardemoget. And the show's Twitter account is at SeizeTheGM. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash SeizeTheGM. Or chat with us and other RPG lovers in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Seize the GM. You can email questions or comments to the show at admin at seizethegm.com. And if you have a few bills you want to send us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Seize the GM podcast. And we thank you. joining us for this episode of Seize the GM. Feel free to leave a comment about this episode on our webpage, www.seizethegm.com. Let the dice fall where they may, and we'll see you all again next week. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted materials referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended, and no claim of ownership is implied. The music for the show is Dreaming Spirit off the album Ghost Machine by the Enigma TNG. His music is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license.